We are very excited about today's show. And before we begin, we got Jesse Ledoux with our product feature of the week. Jesse, tell us what you got for us. Hey, Stephen, I am going to throw it back to you today because the other day you were telling me about this amazing beta program that we're going to try out that is all about how contestants can resell their pageant items in a really safe and secure way. And that way, the people buying it feel like really great about their purchases too. So tell us about that beta feature. Yeah. So beta, for those of you that aren't familiar, it's just something that's still in testing phase. And we're going to just lightly roll this out. The full version of this is going to be integrated into our site about the end of March. But I wanted to get a jump on it now for a few different reasons. One, it's going to help fine tune and, and tweak our processes so that we can make sure to kind of anticipate any major hiccups before like we start aggressively promoting it on um, email, social media, whatever. So we thought, you know what, let's just take it to our podcast listeners and, you know, since they're sprinkled all throughout the world and just give you kind of first dibs on doing this with us. Since I feel like you all know us a little better, you knew kind of our heart and our understand, <laughs> you understand where we're coming from and we're you building this brand us. together. Yeah, you just get us. So you know stories about my wife. So why not <laughs> make the, um, the beta users those that kind of have compassion for us as we're, we're building this feature in? How is our program going to be different than other resale sites or programs? Because I know there are a lot out there. So what are we doing that's making it different? Well, there's a few different things. Like one, so all the, well, I don't want to say all, but the major pageant resale site that was called pageant resale, I think they closed their doors um, because their domain is no longer working and contacted their owner. And she was like, uh, okay. You know, she, I told her, I'm like, your domain isn't working anymore. And she was like, okay, you know, <laughs> thanks for letting me know. And then like weeks later, it's still not, it's still not working. So I'm like, oh, and then I think you heard that she pretty much announced that, okay, it's, it's going, or well, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, yeah. I, I went on the site and I was looking like I always did look for it. It was a great site. Um, and I remember it saying that it was, it was done. Yeah. So th that's one of the reasons why, um, I sped up the process. I'm like, okay, let's get this done now, um, and put it in the beta because no one has any way to sell their old like materials. Um, or buy. I'm an avid buyer. Yeah. Or buy. So, I mean, we're talking shoes, jewelry, dresses, fun fashion, interview, all that can be uploaded. Um, what's going to make us different is one, it's going to be integrated into, in March, um, our dress gallery. So you're going to be able to see which contestant you're buying it off of. Um, every person who's selling needs a profile on Pageant Planet, and all profiles need to be verified so um, before they can sell. So if you're a contestant, you need to have an active contestant profile on there so that we know who you are and we have your information. Um, so there's that component there that you know who you're buying from. And the same with like a retailer um, or any other kind of businesses out there selling dresses, like we verify them first. So that's step one. Step two is when you sell your, your item, um, we hang on to the money for um, seven days. And for seven days at least, or until the customer lets us know that the dress has been delivered to them and it's in the condition at which you said that you would send it to them. So, and we hang on to that money, not to be malicious, but to simply say like, if there is an issue with the dress, right, that we are then going to say, okay, 
um, and basically be the mediator. So if anybody's familiar with PayPal, PayPal mediates um, different transactions that they find are, I'm going to use the word suspicious, but just you know, something's off about it, right? Somebody's not happy. So if as a buyer, that gives you more levels of protection that no other site has. Um, cause again, you know who you're buying it from. And two, you know that we're hanging on to the money until you're like, yep, it's all good. And then we release the money to the person that sold it to you afterwards. So that's a really big feature there. Um, the person who's selling it to you, um, they have the option right now. They have the option to charge for shipping or not. When we roll it out on the site, all the shipping is going to be, um, free. So you're not necessarily going to have to pay extra for shipping and the sellers will know that so they can just, you know, if you're selling it, it's not that you're going to lose out of money. You just have to know that in advance so you can roll it into the price. And the good thing is like, you know, we've got listeners from all around the world. So if you are from the Philippines and you only want to sell to other people in the Philippines, you can, you can do that through our portal. That's amazing. And I think it's a big deal too, to when you say like, you know who you're buying it from, because a lot of people will advertise this dress as worn on Miss USA, but it's either the same dress that someone else wore, or it's somewhat, it's a dress that Miss USA might've worn, but it might be owned by three different people before it's gotten to you. So I think that transparency is important for people because I know everyone, we like to think everyone has integrity, but people also want to sell their stuff. So sometimes it can be a little dicey. Yeah. And like you can click on that girl's profile and you can see was this dress actually worn on Miss USA? Does she have pictures uploaded of her wearing that dress on the Miss USA stage? If not, you can simply request it. Like, ah, can you upload a photo of you like wearing this on Miss US on the Miss USA stage before I buy it? So all of that is it's really important and it's made to create a safe environment inside of our community um, that you can buy and sell again shoes, earrings, swimsuits, fun fashion, evening gowns, interviews. Okay, cool. How can they find it, Steven? So if you go to shop.pageantplanet.com, so, um, or if you just go to pageantplanet.com and click on the menu, shop, scroll down to the footer, and you're going to see it on the lower left hand, and it's just going to say, sell on Pageant Planet. Again, you're not going to see this advertised anywhere. Um, if you don't have something for sale, then tell your friends. Um, and the process is like, you're going to create an application form and then you're going to get an automated email that says, um, create your business or contestant profile. Or if you already have one, just reply back to that, to this email with your contestant or your business URL link. And that email comes to me directly because I'm like any new feature that we roll out, I really take on before I delegate so I can really understand the process of what's happening. So I'm going to come and then I'm going to check out your contestant profile. I'm going to check out your business or your uh, pageant profile, whatever it is. And then at that case, I will manually approve you. And then once you're manually approved, you can start uploading your images and start making some money like right away. Love that. That's perfect solution. So, all right. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing your submissions and the link to this will be in the podcast description. So thanks everyone. Welcome to Pageant Planet's podcast, where we share stories and strategies to help expand and connect the global pageant community. Visit pageantplanet.com to find pageants, hire coaches, shop for dresses, and more. Now, here's your host, Stephen Roddy. Welcome to another episode. 
today, Jesse and I, we're going to shake things up a little bit and we're going to do things a little bit different. So we wanted to take time to discuss some hot topics slash issues that are going around in the pageant world or like we like to say it, pageant planet. So Jesse, go ahead and set the stage for us. Stephen, every day our staff gets tons of emails from like a million for a million different reasons. It's coaching clients or fans in the industry that want to ask about the politics of pageantry, certain systems, certain topics, certain trends, etc. So this week we picked four of our recent favorites, and I want to give our listeners a quick rundown of your take and my take, and they might be different. Um, and then we want to kind of hear what our listeners think. Got it. Well, I mean, what's wild is I, I didn't anticipate this problem happening when we started, you know, Pageant Planet, right? So we actually had to buy email software that helps us track incoming messages to make sure that everything gets responded to. I mean, that's the kind of volume that we're dealing with now. And mm-hmm. now we've hired somebody just to manage that portion. So if you email us, we're getting to it for sure. Um, <laughs> just if we don't always respond, it's probably landing in your spam or B, it's maybe just a, a volume thing. So we're working through that. But yeah, it is awesome to see all the different topics come through. What is the first... Um, Gosh, I guess like topic, I guess that you want to discuss today. Well, first, I just want to say, since this is a little bit different, if a topic inspires you in your pageant life, or you want to get involved in today's conversation, or you want to suggest a topic, whatever it may be, or if you want to tell us what you think of this format, if you think it stinks, think it's great. If you want to see more of it, less of it, whatever, email support at pageantplanet.com to get on our radar. So Write that email address down, support at pageantplanet.com, and you can send us a note, what you think, what your opinions are, et cetera, because there are going to be some questions that I want our listeners to respond to. Yeah, and it is important. We want you to know that we created this brand for you. Like, you know, it's very contestant-focused, director-focused, coach-focused. We want to get you involved as much as possible. And the challenging thing is, and I don't know if you know this about Instagram, but there's actually studies that's like the less followers you have, the more likes, like the like ratio. Um, and just, you know, and the more followers you have, the less likes that you get. So I think if you have over, I don't know, I think it's 20,000 fans or whatever on Instagram, you have like a 1%, 1 to 3% of your followers like your your page. But if you have like less than 100, it it's like 80 80, 85% of the people will like your posts. So, um, you know, we realize that we're getting bigger and bigger. And I still want you to know, all the listeners, that we want to be as connected to you and as close to you as you want to be to us. Perfect. Love that explanation. So, all right. So first topic is that was submitted to us via email that you want to cover is what? So this wasn't submitted to email. This was something I need to get off my chest. Okay. (laughs) The first topic is why do redheads always wear green? And like Steven, even though there aren't too many redheads in the grand scheme of the population, I'm pretty surprised about the decent amount that compete in pageantry. However, nine times out of 10, I find, and I don't know if you've seen this too, redheads wear or are planning to wear emerald green at some point during the competition. Have you seen this? Have you noticed this trend? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Okay. So like, and I, I was once a redhead and I'll get into that when I get to my take on the topic, 
And I remember like Googling, like what colors work best with red hair? And there are tons of like generic articles, et cetera. And most of them do say emerald green. So that has to be where it's coming from. So like, Stephen, do you, like, what do you think about this, like overabundance of emerald green with redheads? Do you think it is a great color for them? Like, what's your take on this topic? Well, it's safe. Right. Um, and the first is I hope I don't have like some comic geeks in here. Then I hope I don't get this wrong. And if I do, like, please forgive me. But um, Green Ivy, who I think is a Marvel comic comics character, she had red hair and a green costume. Like, and she was like in the, the Batman trilogies and all that. Oh, Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy. OK. Yeah. So she she had that outfit and so i could see kind of from a hollywood messaging okay there's that and then we had Alyssa campanell miss usa who like was the really to my knowledge please correct me if i'm wrong jesse mm-hmm. um one of the first major winners with like redhead uh, red hair um at least since i've come on to the scene in pageantry and she, of course, wore this beautiful green gown and she had red hair. So I think that those things, um, one is like, wow, she won Miss USA um, at, with a green dress and she had red hair. And mm-hmm. then Poison Ivy, also that. And whenever you um, Google like pageant girls red hair, that's everything that comes up. So it's like, oh, okay, this is easy. My dress color needs to be green. I'm moving on. Well, I, like I said, I did have red hair at one time. I didn't do the 10 year challenge, so you won't (laughs) see it anywhere, but I did the same thing. And I want to empathize with those listening. If you're cringing right now because you are a redhead and you wore green or are bought a green gown, like I've been there. I wore a green gown to my high school formal and everyone called me poison ivy. Like literally that was a true story that you just told about my life, Steven. Mm -hmm. And then my graduation photo, I wore a green velvet graduation thing instead of the standard black because I was like, well, I'm going to rock this redhead thing. So don't be like bummed if you did, but just know, I think there's a point of like oversaturation in the redhead pageant community. And like, there are other options out there. So when you're reading this stuff, don't feel like it's your only option. And I think it is a newbie thing too. So if you're listening and you are fairly new to the pageant industry, I get it. Like Steven said, green is a safe bet. Um, but my my take on it, my my wrap up on it is there are so many other amazing colors that would look great on redheads. Neutrals, like mod, like mixed metallics are super hot right now in the industry. Black, white. Um, but also, Steven, I don't know if you've ever seen a redhead in blue or purple. Like, have you ever, can you think of anyone in particular? Not on the major scenes. I have seen it though, but I couldn't tell you what her name was or the title. Well, I know uh, one of our, for- our our former VIP Platinum members who we absolutely freaking love, um, Miss Martin USA, Jenna Howlett, is absolutely gorgeous. She has the most beautiful red hair. And she wore like a pastel, I shouldn't call it pastel, like a sky blue interview outfit. And it looked so good because her hair was able to not compete with the green. It just like allowed it to sing a little bit like bigger and brighter. And I love that choice. So try on different colors. Muted colors look amazing with redheads because it just makes your hair look that much more vibrant and dynamic. So like that is my soapbox about the redheads. That's great. And so every judge's panel is going to have, in essence, a novice judge, 
he or she, most of the time it's a guy and most of the time it's a straight guy because they know nothing about pageantry. So there's a <laughs> definition of novice judges. I know that being a straight guy and coming into the industry and not knowing anything. Um, like 10, 12 years ago now. Um, so, and then you're also going to have some sort of an expert, um, uh, some sort of a pageant expert. And the if you wear green, you're coming in with a red uh, red hair and you're wearing green, it's the novice judge not going to know anything different and going to be like, wow, okay, that's a great dress, great combination, whatever. The the expert and the benefit of taking Jesse's advice is the expert is going to have seen red hair and a green dress all across the board, right? And he's going to like every pageant, he or she is going to be like, yep, okay, red hair, green dress, got it. But if you come out with a different color dress, metallic or blue, what Jesse was talking about, and it complements all the other aspects, your skin tones, etc., um, and you have red hair, he or she will be like, wow, that's a great combination. You don't normally see that. So you'll impress them. And the novice judge, again, he doesn't know anything different. So as long right. as it's a great dress, a great dress combination, whatever, he'll be like, wow, I like it too. Um, especially if the judges talk, which they're not supposed to, but... I mean, let's face it, the judges talk to each other almost all the time. They'll, somebody will say a little something because there's just no way to monitor it and govern it. Um, so that's the benefit. If you take a risk, and it's not really a risk if it complements all the other aspects of your, your physique, but if you do that, you can win over both of them with just a change of the color. So that's important to notate. And... Again, as Jesse said, if you have a green dress and you have red hair, you've already bought it. It's not going to make you lose the pageant. <laughs> You're not going right. to. It's not no, like restricting not. it, but it is something that we have seen over and over again. And obviously, it's important to Jesse. So, it, dag on it, it should be important to you. Well, and the last thing I'll say on the topic before I move on, so I can get it off my chest. Finally, we've been talking about this it, for weeks too. Like, oh, right? Like, we have. I like texting like Stephen. If I see another redhead in a green dress, I'm gonna blow my lid. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I will also say typically the combination feels very edgy because you have red hair and a green gown, and they don't always work together, they kind of can have a jarring effect. And as a result, if your brand is compassionate, um, sympathetic, or um, girly, whatever the, the brand is, and it's fighting with that, like typically that's not going to work in your favor. So my gosh, even like a really cute Kelly green would be a great choice for you for interview. Just something that feels more playful, lighter, etc. Because I don't know a lot of pageant girls that come out and say like words that describe poison ivy because it did originate. I think the trend, like you said, Stephen, with action comic characters that are like made to have that jump off the page effect. It doesn't always have the same positive translation in the pageant world. That's great. Okay. Anything else you want to say about this topic before we move on to the next? No, but I feel like this was therapy. It was really great. <laughs> All right. What's the next topic you want to discuss? So I need to shout out to Teresa Cole. Teresa is a longtime listener, and she shot us an email this week with a suggestion about a pageant topic. And I'm like, that's kind of what inspired this whole episode. So thank you, Teresa. Um, so Teresa's question was, should pageants have a governing body? So Stephen, like, why don't you, I know you've been in the industry 10 years now, like, why don't you give us a little bit of insight into this topic? Yeah. I mean, when I first came in, uh, many of you know, but if you're new to the 
podcast, um, I first came in the industry because I started dating a girl and then I saw like all the positive effects I was having on her life. And then after my uh, previous business failed, I was like, huh, okay, I, I, I need my next business. And that's where I saw the opportunity in pageantry. And without knowing anything about the industry, I just saw how fragmented it, it was from coaches to directors to you know manufacturers, retailers, all this stuff. They all mm-hmm. had their own little niche cities, if you will, and none of them was working together. So, you know, that's the context of Pageant Planet. Like, let's um, connect and expand the um, industry of pageantry. So that's what I wanted to do, like from the get go. And the more I got involved, the more I heard stories of directors cheating out contestants, be it adjusting scores or, um, you know, kind of not giving the prize packages like they would promise a great big prize package and then like somehow just maneuver their way out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, those examples range far and wide. And then you have on another scale, like these directors that are doing amazing job and like full of integrity and do what they say, what they're going to do when they're going to do it. And the same could be said with coaches, personal trainers, you know, designers, retailers, whatever. So this is one of the reasons why um, we started the Best in Pageantry Awards. So it was to recognize the people that have integrity around what it is that they're doing. And if you're not familiar with our Best in Pageantry Awards, basically what we do is, um, you know, Jesse, myself, and some others, we go through like thousands of submissions of people that want to be recognized as our top 10 Best in Pageantry for any given year. Um, across various different categories. So we go through them and we select the best of the best. And the reason why that started is this was a way for me to highlight individuals in the industry who were acting in integrity and in a very professional manner. So I knew I couldn't necessarily like just create a governing body from scratch, you know, being a new company and very limited on budget. Right. So I decided to do this to let, um, pretty much the contestants empower the contestants to help us identify who should be like promoted more and who should pretty much just go out of business because they're not doing things accurately. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, fast forward to what we're doing right now, we've enhanced this review system, um, I'm sorry, not enhanced. We've developed a review system to where listeners like yourself, if you have a great experience with a coach or photographer or personal trainer, like we want to know about that. And, um, you know, future contestants also want to know, like if somebody's really helped your body image and your self-esteem and it's a great price and you've got good results, like take the time to review them. Because if you don't, um, if you don't contribute, other people aren't going to contribute. And then mm-hmm. when you're looking for someone three years from now um, to work with and you've maybe moved to a different area or you're wanting to do a different system, well, you're not going to be able to read reviews because it takes everyone that's involved. There's no way that I can know like what the pageant scene is like in South Africa. I don't live there. There's no way I can know what the truly know what the pageant scene is like in the UK or Iceland or Scotland or Australia. So um, we rely on what you say. And, um, so we put that power in your hands because at the end of the day, the governing body is the contestant. And if you really want to get real about it, the true governing body is where that contestant spends their money. Mm -hmm. So you take your money elsewhere. You're basically voting that this system should be promoted and that system should be demoted. Right. 
because、mm-hmm. you're choosing system A over system B. So we just want to make sure that the money is going to the people that are actually having a positive impact on the industry. Jesse. Well, I I think. I would like to think that actually having governing body is a great idea. And to Stephen's point, like we do get a lot of emails from angry people, and our decision was to empower you to put those reviews out there so other people can take advantage of it. That's what your goal is, right? Is if you're emailing us, you want people to know this so you can take that power back.、Um, but I do get the hesitation why people like get scared about it. Like they're afraid that if A certain director or a certain other contestant sees that you were taught, and we've done a podcast about how to how to express your frustrations respectfully. I don't remember what podcast that was, unfortunately, but we've we've talked about it. But I, I get the fear factor that you don't want to be like blacklisted in the industry. You don't want people to be afraid to work with you because you're not afraid to speak your mind. So I get that it's scary, and I I think a governing body would be great. I think a lot of sports that, that are subjective, like figure skating. They now have a governing body. So over time, I think that develops. The one big challenge I'm seeing, I would see Stephen, is just like NFL referees can't have allegiance to a team. A governing body member really shouldn't have a huge allegiance to any one system. And pageant people, I don't know if you agree with this in your experience, Stephen, but like there's typically one system. That they really connect with、oh, at the、yeah. end of their career, so it's hard because we are so emotionally driven. So how do we trust that I wouldn't be biased to the Miss International pageant if I sat on this governing body? You absolutely couldn't. So it's just one of those things where I I think it would be a great thing, but one, how do you then hold pageants accountable? What's the what's the punishment, so to say, that they would be up against? Or、um, what's the word I'm thinking of? What's the not punishment? Well, it's like what's the penalty if they don't like? What's the can you find them? You know that sort of thing.、Mm-hmm. Um, like if they how do you hold them accountable? Well, because again,、um, and it, well, I, I won't go into that. But、um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say like some new features that were going on the site, but you you all will hear about it like w- when we roll it out. But there's so many things that are just、uh, up in the air because in order to have a governing body, you have to have A systematic way of doing every aspect of competition, a systematic way of recording scores, a systematic way of like,、um, what is it? Not like archiving those scores for,、um, you know, there needs to be a breakdown of、uh, all these regulations. So there is a like a lot to it. I do think that with pageantry as a whole, it it needs to be regulated, and that's what we're that's what we're doing. Like we're we're helping to put this infrastructure in place, these rules in place. So it starts with the contestant, really,、um, because if the contestant, for example, if you look at a pageant and they don't have a profile on Pageant Planet, right? Therefore, there's no way to read reviews about them, truly, because most of them don't have a、um, Google, like Google My Business page <laughs> with with reviews,、um, and most people don't like. Have a fan page, maybe with the reviews turned on or off, or there's no way to compare them side by side. So,、mm-hmm. like, if you're like competing in a pageant and you ask the director, "I didn't see your profile on on Pageant Planet," and if that's part of、like、your criteria for selecting a pageant, those directors are going to start more and more of them are going to start having profiles on Pageant Planet, right? Then they、mm-hmm. can start to get reviews and collect reviews. So,、um, and then. It can give you a voice because if you do have a bad experience, there's no way for you to really review them. 
if they don't have a profile. So um, those things, by putting the power in the contestants' hands, we will be able to closer, I don't want to say monitor, like we're the big brother, you know, <laughs> but we'll be able to basically keep, keep honest people honest and, um, and give a voice to the contestants and the parents that feel like they got gypped on the experience. I mean, our own staff member, I won't call the pageant system out by name, she had a really negative experience. And like, so I saw firsthand about A, the negative experience, and two, you know, that director didn't have a, um, like a page, right? And then she was nervous about like approaching the director afterwards saying, can you create a page? And then boom, she's going to leave like a, a negative review. But like the director had them all show up at like 8 a.m. And then the pageant wasn't until 7 p.m. that night. But they all had to show up for makeup at like 8 a.m. The, the makeup artists were like two hours late. The director didn't get there until noon. And then they ate like it was like cold pasta or whatever at one. And, and that was pretty much the only thing that they could eat. Their cell phones like didn't work in the building and they weren't allowed to leave the building. So they were cooped up there for like 10 hours for like no apparent reason. Um, so it was like that was obviously a very negative experience for her and she wanted to let future contestants know about it. So anyways, there's there's so many different scenarios like that. Um, and then you have other, you know, we're going through the best prize package awards right now, um, as you know, Jesse. But we have other, you know, directors that are like flying their contestants to Dubai for some of their, you know, prize packages and, you know, giving them $10,000 in cash uh, if you win. So just all these. So you, you see this like, big um, contrast in, mm-hmm. in systems. So, you know, at the end of the day, what we want to do is we just want to make sure that you, the contestant, has a great experience because our industry is the gateway to like a better career, a career in entertainment, a good corporate career, like amazing networking and just personal growth. Well, and it never fails to, Stephen, I'm not only mentioning this because you brought up Best in Pageantry, but it never fails. Every year we release the results and people are angry about the person that won or the person that came in. Like, well, I guess anyone, any list anyone's mad about, right? Because they're like, I had this terrible experience. I said, well, you didn't write her. Like, how, how should we know that you had a negative experience? We've given you all the tools to let us know, but we have no idea until you tell us. So don't wait until it's too late. That's yeah. my, my motto for this topic. Yeah. And and seriously, as a contestant, if you give a negative review, but in a neutralized fashion and you just stick to the facts, yep. that that is powerful. And if you tell your friends too, like, hey, you have a negative review about, uh, I mean, a coach and this, you find this consistently, right? That was what was so powerful about the, like the Me Too movement is that everybody was scared to come out. And then mm-hmm. once they saw everybody coming out, they're like, oh, God. Like they felt relieved, right? That mm-hmm. they could have some place to vent and they chose the various social media platforms. And that thing really did change. Like I feel like that was such a massive change for women and such a positive thing that if you didn't have your stuff together as a male leader, right, you were getting like thrown on the chopping block. And if something was even slightly questionable, like – girls are were using that opportunity to say this is my um situation and and that was i mean it took down so many careers 
right? So like for you as a contestant, we want to give you that kind of the comfort. Power. Yeah, the, the power, right. So we want to give you that power. Yep, that's perfect. All right, that's topic two. Cool. All right, so. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The oh. question is to the listeners, do you think a governing body should exist for pageantry and what rules would you like them to put in place? Oh, well, so not to us, but to them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so our so, listeners, support at pageantplanet.com. Let us know. Yep. Okay, perfect. Do you think governing body should exist and what rules should be in place? Love to hear that. Um, because some of them we might be able to implement like with our brand already. So some mm-hmm. of it doesn't have to be like a 10-year deal. It's something that we could take and like, oh, wow, like we can, we can roll this out and help the industry as a whole. And everybody, I mean, gosh listeners um from even we have listeners in china you know (laughs) and there's i've never been to china so i don't know what the pageant scene is really like there so if there's something interesting there like we could implement that like across the board okay but 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 but. i'll say the the one of the solutions cannot be an anonymous way to voice your opinions what the solution can be, though, is if you send me or Steven or support an email and say, hey, I had a tough experience with this pageant. Can you just read over my review and make sure it sounds objective? Mm. We would be more than happy to do that for you before mm. you post it to make sure that one extra set of eyes has looked at it. Totally um, unbiased opinions. And we will let you know if we think it's a fair assessment. And then you can post it yourself. But no anonymous posting. Yeah. Yeah. We don't allow that, you know. Um, and the good news about that is too, like, cause sometimes directors will say, Hey, can you take down this review? It's like, no, you can reply to the review though. You absolutely can, but we don't, we don't take it down. You know, it's like, it's there. So, um, okay. Sorry. Cool. That, no, that was great. That was great. All right. Topic number three. What's the third topic? We have four topics, right? We have four topics. Yeah. Four topics. The third topic is like really exciting, I think, and it's going to get people fired up in one way or another. So very polarizing. And it's Miss USA state hopping. And when I say that this year, Miss USA and Miss Teen USA changed the game for themselves. They released new rules that are allowing contestants to compete in more than one state in a year. So in a like in a season. So if you're trying to compete for Miss Teen USA 2019, Essentially, you could have competed in two different states during the same year. And in fact, one delegate that's going to be at Miss Teen USA did, in fact, win on her second try in her second state. And I'll say a lot of people get cranky about this because sometimes contestants that do this can beat out delegates who have lived in that state their whole lives. They've been trying to win for several years. Maybe they've aged out and this person swooped in and took the opportunity. So I totally get the crank factor with that. So this really is like a battle of, of beauty versus the state and where people like lie on it. So for me personally, I used to be very against this because I truly saw someone come into a new state in my first major pageant and win. And the girl who had competed all seven years of eligibility was her first runner up. And that broke my heart a little bit. I'm not going to lie. So have you ever seen that Steven? Um, I've never seen that happen. I've never seen like that direct scenario. And I could see why that could break your heart. So, but recently I'm like, okay, I can see why this might be a good thing, especially for a pageant and a system like M like Miss universe organization, the MUO, they want 
the most beautiful contestants. It is a beauty pageant. Um, granted, they've been more heavy, heavily relying on brand and story. It's still all about beauty for Miss USA. And why wouldn't they want the 51 most beautiful women in the country to be competing on the stage? And recently I saw a contestant. She competed in two states this year um, and she didn't win either. She was a runner up in both. Um, but she aged out and she'll never go to Miss USA. And she is probably one of the most naturally beautiful women I've ever seen. She just has the look and I'm sad for her that she's never going to make it. And granted, she's not the first, but I don't think if a contestant can prove eligibility in two States, it's a bad thing. And I've really come around on that topic. What do you think? Oh, I've always been a strong proponent of state hopping, country hopping, district city, because I never knew that about you. Yeah. Well, I mean, (laughs) so I, I, um, I wrote an article early on. I'm like, this is perfect because, okay, if you're competing in, let's say Georgia and Georgia, for those of you who don't know, it's a state within the United States. And you're competing in the Miss United. <laughs> well, you're, well, you're right. You, I laugh, but you're right. We have listeners that may not know that because Georgia is also a country. Yeah, yeah, completely. Um, so there, there's like 50 some girls, about 50 girls that compete in the Miss America system. Well, it is super competitive. Whereas like Maine, which, you know, this is, again, for those of you not from the United States, is probably about a 20-hour drive north of uh, if you're by way of car from Georgia, they have like nine girls that compete. So if you have like dual state ships, go to Maine. If your goal is to, if your goal is to compete at Miss America, compete in Maine because you only have to beat out eight other contestants versus fifty. So like. And we're using Maine as an example here, people. Don't get all up in arms. Yeah. We picked Maine. There's others like Rhode Island. You don't need to win a local title. There's Alaska. There's plenty of other states like Stephen's talking about. And Maine's done away with all their local titles too. Um, We just interviewed a girl from Maine, which maybe use Maine. So, but they've done away with all their local titles. So it's a straight shot into state. You don't even have to win a local. So you could just roll up there and go to state in the Miss America. So my thing is put the odds in your favor. I mean, we see girls that jump. I mean, Nia Sanchez jumped from California to Nevada and California had was a hundred girls competing for Miss California USA. Oh, over, over for sure. 160 maybe. I mean, it's insane. Yeah. Versus Miss Nevada, which had, I don't know, maybe let's just say 50. Right. So you increase your odds by three times the amount by just changing states. So, I mean, again, think about the grand scheme of things, because if your goal is to compete on the national level and to have that state title is a it's a big thing because you can leverage it. You you can set yourself up for life for your career if you win a state or a country title. I mean, modeling contracts, job opportunities, great networking. And I mean, even like a husband, you know, or for the male listeners, like a, like a wife, whatever, because it's, I mean, we're seeing it with um, you know, Demi Lee and she got engaged to um, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Go yeah. Mets. They never would, yeah, they never would have met had she not, I mean, I don't know if never, but, um, but she won this universe. So they met and they found love and, you know, he's very successful. She has had a lot of success in pageantry. I don't know the other aspects of her life, but, you know, she was from South Africa. So, um, you know, it really put her on the grand scheme. And um, 
who the um the girl from Texas, Crystal Stewart. You know, she, you know, instead of wanting to win a local title in Texas to get to Texas USA, she like failed I think 3 times to win a local title to get to Texas USA. And then finally she's like, "What am I doing? I just want to compete at Texas USA." So then she went straight to Texas USA and then won and then won the um USA. Right? Yes. So mm-hmm. I might have the facts a little bit um wrong there, but so uh, anyways, I am I'm a big proponent of that um and I think that you use the numbers to your advantage. So okay, but also to give you some context about me, I would in high school I would do the math to say what grade do I need on this test and if I got a hundred percent or if I got a zero how would that affect my overall grade so during final week if if I got a zero on the test I didn't study for it I just signed my name on it and turned the test rate right back in because it didn't affect my grade anyway right and the, <laughs> the teachers were not oh, like my lord thrilled. yeah and then i'd spend the next like hour and a half reading books on what i wanted to read about so i'm like why not work the system to my advantage but literally it would take me 30 seconds to take certain tests in certain classes and i just focused my efforts on the tests where i needed to make a b or an a to make a b or an a in that class so i was always looking for kind of the shortcut to get the same results I will say, since you brought up Nia Sanchez, one of my favorite Miss USA's of all time, it was super cringeworthy when she did not know the capital of Nevada after she won Miss USA when there was all of that like talk about the state hopping and it was a really big deal. Yeah. So my only plea, because I have since converted to state hopping, I need <laughs> you to not prove me wrong, people. Like Respect the state you're competing for. At least know the basics of the state, do a little time and research, spend actually some time in the state, especially if you're getting residency, you should be, but like do the state justice because if you don't win Miss USA, you still have to represent that or Miss America or whatever state um, or whatever country, if you want a country hop for Miss Universe too, I know that's a thing as well, yep. but like do your air, like your region, your state, your country justice. If you're going to represent, if you're going to try to represent it. Yeah. And like system hop too. Like if you're not finding success in a certain system, hop, right? Mm-hmm. Go go to another system. Um, and actually this question about the, the Miss USA state hopping with the girl that um, won on her second try, that came to us from a contestant that competed with that girl. Yeah, she was like, contestant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was just like, um, she's like, I think you need to like, look into this and right. we're like at first we're like oh my gosh like this is, yeah this is a big this is a big deal and we looked into it and it's like oh, they changed the rules they didn't tell us you know we didn't know so uh we had to do some research and then we discovered that they knew and i mean this particular contestant that was complaining was right because on their on their state um website they hadn't adjusted the rules so mm-hmm. if you're a director listening like and the national office changes your rules. Like you need to update your rules on your website too, because your contestants will. I mean, thankfully she came to us, and then we you know, advocated for the Verified. USA system. Mm-hmm. And it was like, nope, no, it's it's square. Like here's the link, or I don't even. I didn't have the link, and maybe the staff replied to the link for her. But um, like here's the rules, and here's when they changed. So she was, to my knowledge, appeased. But um, yeah, that's it's a really real thing. But it is very real. Do you have a, yeah, so I was going to ask, do you have a question for them to 
to wrap this up or anything else oh, that you said? I, in fact, I do have a question for the audience and it's very simple. Are you in favor or are you against the rule to be able to compete in two state pageants in a competition season? All right. Support. I would love to hear support at pageant planet. We want to, we want to know. Um, all right. Fourth topic. So this one's pretty anecdotal. Um, but, why is Tyra Banks obsessed with Catriona Gray? And for those that are not familiar with the Miss Universe organization, Catriona Gray is Miss Universe. And I re- I'm realizing now how Miss Universe heavy today's episode is. So for those that are listening internationally that are part of other systems, we will show you the love. But if you can, send us topics. It'll make it that much easier for us. Yeah, because, I mean, Miss World is bigger than Miss Universe as far as contestants that compete. Mm-hmm. Um here in America, though, it's not that big at all. Right. Um, so it's like Universe USA America is like way bigger than like exponentially bigger than this world. It's like, I think this world happened. So we we know about it. You know, so we like search it out. But, you know, for our international audience, it's just important that you keep us abreast on what's happening so that we can continue to serve all systems. Exactly. Okay. You okay. Want, you want to set the intro for? Sure. And I actually, this is funny that I'm setting the intro because I texted Steven and was like, what's the deal with this? Um, <laughs> I, I actually kind of was late to the ball game, I think. But so since, so the whole like scheme is since the night Catriona was crowned Miss Universe, Tyra Banks has been talking about hashtag Lava Walk. And Lava Walk is a term that was coined in honor of Catriona um, because like she um, had this like, fiery red yellow orange evening gown on finals night and had this really sultry walk so people are calling it lava walk because that's what it looked like on stage and even days later tyra circled back to the topic on twitter and was like still thinking about hashtag lava walk so like from my perspective someone who's been following pageants religiously for years I can't remember a contestant that's garnered that much media attention by the celebrity universe since the Steve Harvey mishap when Ariadna was like ended up being on Big Brother. Like that was a big deal. Miss Columbia that was accidentally crowned on Pia's year. So like I want to talk about why do we think this is like why why is Tyra obsessed with Catriona? And how should the Miss Universe organization proceed? Because this is a big opportunity. Oh, it's huge to capitalize. And I think Miss, the Miss Universe organization replied back to her tweet like, um, anytime. Right. <laughs> yeah, yep. like, like, yes, please, please right away. Uh, mm-hmm. Fun story about Tyra Banks. Um, when I was waiting at the Cheesecake Factory, she came in. So I was not her server, but I did. I was like, I brought their food to the table. In what city? Um, Atlanta, Georgia. I think she lives in Atlanta. So um, while I was starting Pageant Planet, I waited tables at the Cheesecake Factory, which again, if you're not familiar, well, it's still my favorite restaurant of all time, but um, it's a restaurant here in America. I don't know if they're overseas or not. It's one of my least favorites, Stephen, I got to say. Serious? Yeah. Scandalous. Even their cheesecake? is too big. There's like a million pages, and I get that it's great because there's something for everyone, but in my opinion, like, how do you do anything great if you do everything? Oh, just put on a blindfold and put your finger on something. It's amazing. Okay. The portions are also insane, and they I don't, are crazy. I don't, love the, I don't love that U.S. culture piece there. Oh yeah, that's why we're all like obese because oh, there's so much food. I mean, we're not an I we outside of going out to eat for breakfast in almost every other scenario. We split meals. Mm-hmm. We always we always split meals because. 
The thing is, if you get a dish that's in front of you, you eat the whole thing. Exactly. But if you split it, you still eat the whole thing and you're just as full. It's like, how does that happen? But, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, okay, anyway, go ahead. Okay, so anyways, saw her, you know, whatever. She was, and we didn't have a conversation, so I'm assuming she was nice. She smiled when I put down the plate, so she's nice. Um, I think that the reason why she is more obsessed with this or thinking about it has to do with America's Top Model, her brand, and right when Catriona, when she came out on stage in that gown and her walk was so amazing, I feel like it was the dress combination, the super high slit, and her dress was so far to the left of what anybody else was wearing as far True. as sex appeal and color. color. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I I think that South Africa had an amazing walk too, even though she tripped on her gown like or twice, like kind of got caught up there. But like the way Catriona flowed and just worked it, I feel like that was a really high fashion model moment on a pageant stage, which is why I feel like when Tyra Banks, it's almost like, you, you know, if you hear a white guy rap or you see like a guy that looks like he should be like great as an accountant and all of a sudden you see him on a basketball court and he is amazing and he can like dunk and shoot and you're like, oh, I totally didn't see that guy. He is awesome, right? So I feel like when Tyra Banks was watching this universe, she was like, okay, I'm going to watch to see, you know, whatever, like the, the fashion, the shows. And then she saw this high fashion walk from Catriona Gray with this perfect dress. And I think it was just one of those wow, wow moments. Totally was not expecting that to see it at Miss Universe. That's fair because I think among the mainstream crowd pageants are outdated and like paper doll perfect. And so I think that's probably fair. Like Tyra and the modeling industry in general pageant experience is often looked at as a negative thing. So like when I go to the National American Miss and teach their runway course, it's all about, okay, if you go to a modeling callback, typically if they say you're pageanty, it's viewed as a negative. So use the skills in pageantry the posture, the poise, et cetera, to adapt to that world. So it is two totally different worlds. So I can see, I can see how that happened. And side note, I'd be curious to see what other celebrities watch pageants in this universe, et cetera. Yeah. I wonder how many of them are like closet pageant watchers. Uh, well, I would say a lot because um, I was having, uh, it was like dinner. Renata and I were having dinner with, Oh gosh, I always forget her name. Um, Laura, um, it doesn't matter. She's a singer. She's really popular. She's went platinum. Um, so, <laughs> but she is a closet pageant person. She's like, yeah, I competed in a pageant like when I got started. We're like, what? We didn't know that. Um, so uh, our friend manages her. That's how we know her. So whenever our friend comes into town, like normally we grab dinner or something. And so we just, we didn't know it. And, um, they're like, based on like what we're doing on the research side, there's so many like celebrities that get their start in pageantry and like they mm-hmm. start off competing. So I would say that there are a lot of celebrities that, that do watch it. And I'm like, what a missed opportunity for pageants like the Miss Universe. Miss Universe does a way better job at this than Miss America, um, and I don't think Miss World doesn't capitalize on it. Miss International, to my knowledge, doesn't really capitalize on it. But 
inviting celebrities to come out. Like if you get the Kardashians to come and sit in your audience at Miss Universe, all of a sudden the cool factor of being at the Miss Universe pageant will go through the roof. It goes to the roof because it's like, wow, these celebrities are taking an active interest, like in the audience, not watching at the home, in the audience. Then you're starting to see like, okay, like this, I should, I should be there. I could potentially bump into insert the name of whatever celebrity is big in your country. So mm-hmm. inviting these celebrities, getting PR agencies to go out and connect these celebrities and having them sit on your front row at your pageants is huge. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I have to admit, like when I was watching Miss Universe, I like had other favorites. Like I loved South Africa. I loved Vietnam, et cetera. So like perhaps in the moment of watching Catriona, like I didn't realize how great it was, but regardless of my personal opinion, I think it's a great sign that a celebrity, especially someone in the modeling and beauty world recognized Miss universe and her abilities. I would be, I would be totally shocked if we didn't see Tyra and Catriona together at some point in the year. I am nearly positive that Miss Universe organization is doing more than just replying to that tweet and doing something behind the scenes, whether Tyra will be a judge. I would personally love to see her as a commentator at next year's pageant, but I think something is in the works. And I think that'll be a very, very good thing for publicity for Miss Universe for next year. Yeah. And a few things. The reason why pageantry is looked at negatively in the modeling world is in the modeling world, you don't spin. Right. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the modeling world um, in pageantry, you when you walk, it's about you as a person. And right. Mm-hmm. And the dress is meant to accentuate your, your, your features. So they're like, wow, this is the queen. So the, the focus is on the girl in the dress. Exactly. In modeling, it's like your focus is on the dress. So the girl, mm-hmm. that's why they wear the straight faces. That's why they look like death. They're not smiling. They're not spinning. They're just walking because the goal of that model is to basically wear the outfit and to feature the outfit, not to bring any unnecessary attention to herself. So when you see like the really crazy high-end fashion wing or like fashion um, designers like Versace and they do the the model's hair all crazy it's just to bring out the dress it's not to make the model look more appealing yeah so, usually all the models look the same right yeah they yeah all the same hairstyle the same makeup etc and I've heard it said that that's why models are so skinny right they're supposed to just look like a hanger walking down the runway um, so that's why like the uh, that that's why the pageant like you look pageanty isn't really great in modeling however the modeling world the runway world was derived from pageants because pageants were on a stage and then like after that like runway competitions started like designers saw what was happening on the pageant stage and they saw these beautiful girls wearing these beautiful dresses and then they were like huh okay like maybe I could just hire a bunch of like models instead of taking still pictures and actually do a show where I'm showing the movement of my dresses and showing my new lines. And that's how the world of like runway started. So little history that. for you. A little history, a little fun history. Okay. So they're going to work on something, right? Um, totally. Anything else you want to say about this or questions you want to ask? No, I just want to know if our listeners like, were you like me? Were you a little biased when you watched? Or like, did you think about Lava Walk for days later, like Tyra Banks? Like, so essentially the question is, do you agree with the hype around Catriona's walk? Like oh, Tyra Banks? 
our, our Philippine listeners are going to be like Filipino listeners. Are yeah. be, like, all the yeses in the world times two. <laughs> so yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I I want to say on the podcast since we're talking about it, mm-hmm. we did post this on our Instagram, but it I don't know if anybody else listening noticed, especially our Filipino listeners. When Catriona won, she's the fourth Miss Philippines to have won Miss Universe. Um, and the, the previous three, one of them were white. One of them wore gold or yellow. Pia wore blue. And Catriona wore red. So as I'm listing these off, it probably doesn't mean anything to most of us. But those are the four colors in the flag of the Philippines, which I thought was like the coolest fun fact ever. And I don't know if it was on purpose, Yeah, but wow. That is, <laughs> that is a wow. That is a wow moment. So that's cool. That's fun fact. I think, I will say, I think that when Venezuela had their, did they have a three-peat or just two in a row? They had um, I think it Stefania was two in a row. and Dianara. I think they had two in a row. Yeah. And I, I think it was the same because Dianara won in yellow um, cause oh, am I thinking of the right country? I don't know. I don't want to say it and sound like a fool, <laughs> but I want to say, I want to say, uh, Stefania wore red because that was the last color of that flag too. That could and be their homework. Winning. But I felt like that was more contrived. Yeah. Like how do all four of these miss philippines come together and do this like that's magic right that's some pageant magic people. Yeah, that is pageant magic 24 karat magic in the air okay so remember to submit your opinions and topics and suggestions to support at pageant planet if you have clarity on what jesse was saying with the flags in the venezuela please like let us know and we'll correct it next episode um or like tell us what you thought about the format of this pageant did you like it Do you want to see more of it we want to serve you better and continue to improve on what we're doing and if you've not done this before um Give us a five-star rating. Like, literally, you swipe up, you click iTunes, you give us a five-star rating. We've been, um, Pandora's reached out to us. They want us to potentially, um, like, ha- host our session or our podcast on their show. So the more reviews that we get, the more likely that that is going to happen, So, which is super exciting. Um, so, everyone, have an amazing week, and we'll talk with you next week. Same time, same place. Want to become a part of pageant history? Create a free contestant or business profile on pageantplanet.com to unlock hidden features and connect with other experts throughout the world.